Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is Gilbert Gottfried, and this is Gilbert Gottfried's amazing, colossal podcast with my co-host, Frank Santo Padre. Some of you might remember that on our old Thursday mini-episodes, we used to do a segment called Listener Mail, where Frank and I would answer questions of all kinds from listeners. But! We never tried doing one as a main episode before, and we thought this was a good time to give it a whirl. We have a feature on our Patreon page called Grill the Guest, where Patreon supporters can ask questions of the guest. Mm -hmm. But just for this week, we renamed the segment Grill the host. Ah. And the and the response was so enthusiastic, we thought we'd spend the hour rewarding our loyal Patreon members by letting them ask us anything and doing our best to respond. Beautifully done. Very smooth. Yeah. Well, now I'm tired out and I want to lie down. (laughs) Okay, Gilly, I've got a question for you right off the bat. What are you wearing below the waist? Uh, nothing. I'm a bare ass on this chair. (laughs) So hopefully I don't have to jump up. (laughs) Let's hope not, for everybody's sake, especially Hopefully I won't, uh... Uh, lose an easy question and leap up and go, oh, no, and yeah, just be flopping all over the place. <laughs> yes, we uh, we get a lot of requests, Gil, to do episodes just the two of us from time to time, and we haven't done one of those since, uh, since Sirius. Remember when we did an interview with you about your career? Oh, that's right. And you had forgotten the names of all the characters that you played over the years? <laughs> yes. <laughs> So, so I'm gonna fail miserably on this. I'll tell you, I I can't name the my own career. So, well, we got uh, we I, I didn't expect to get such an enthusiastic response to this on Patreon. I thought we used to do these, as you said in the opening, we used to do these uh, uh, listener mail episodes, and we would just you know we'd have Raybone in the booth at Nutmeg, and and we would and later at. Uh, at Stitcher Earwolf, and we would just do these, answer Ray, these questions. Raybone was going to be here today, but what happened? He's, he's looking up a question we asked him five years ago. Oh, and to, to, yeah. did he? <laughs> he said he's getting close. <laughs> One of the questions was about Raybone, so you've already answered it. Anyway, we decided it's summer. We wanted to do something a little uh, sillier, a little more casual. 
Uh, it's harder to book guests in the summer because people take off, as you would imagine. But that's not the reason we're doing it. We're doing it because we want to have fun and, and have a little one-on-one. -on -one. And I get to talk to Gilly. And we get to interact with our, uh, our, our patron people. And, and as Gilbert said, reward them for their loyal support. And that's what this is all about. So people can join Patreon and they can support us at patreon.com slash what, Gilbert? Slash Gilbert Gottfried. Which I have thought of doing many times. <laughs> as I've said before. Let's get into this. Um, we have some questions, lots and lots of questions from patrons. Uh, Eric Ryan, our friend Eric Ryan, the attorney, is a simple one. When will Gil get back on stage? You've, oh, you've I've already, I've already yeah, no, I've I've already uh, performed on stage at least twice. Oh, uh, you did Carolines, in, Carolines, and one in Connecticut. Right. I even did a bar mitzvah. Well, oh, do tell. Yes, <laughs> and um, and I I've got a bunch of things coming up. Oh, wow. I didn't know about the bar mitzvah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I hide my Jewish heritage very well. <laughs> I know that about you. Most people uh, think I'm Irish Catholic. But, uh, <laughs> well, the O, the middle initial O throws them off. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. the O Gottfried. Uh, yes, and you also did some virtual appearances. You did some, uh, on, yeah. some online. I, I uh, did one regular stand-up and right. one um, uh, that they called the set list. Yes, I enjoyed right. that. Let's see. What else do we have? Uh, Eric Ryan also asked, uh, why do you think the musician guests on the show are uniformly funny people? We've gotten a lot of funny musicians on the show. Uh, yeah, that I I. Don't know that they they always surprise me. Sometimes you'll get comics who are not funny yes. when you interview them, and then you get musicians who are funny. Yeah, I well, I don't I don't get it. Well, we've had like uh, Mark Hudson, Richard Marx is funny, Paul Williams is funny, Stephen Bishop's hilarious, and and Cook and Gross. So we just had Roger and Henry. Yes, so funny. Uh, I, I I was talking to Tommy James is funny too. I was talking to Henry about this. I think he thinks there's something uh, uh, almost interchangeable about about comics and musicians. There's a commonality. There's a common spirit there. When we book musicians, obviously, because it's this show, we try to find people who are funny. And we've done very well with it. Oh, you know, Mel, Mel Brooks, I heard, uh, when he would read people for a part in his yeah. movie, he'd want to hear them sing. Yes, I've heard this. Uh, because it's like you know, he felt like if you're a come a great comedian, a really good, you have a sense of music. That's interesting. Uh, yeah, we've talked like, about you this. You know, like the Marx Brothers were yes. all musicians. And Benny. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah Victor Borg or many others. Uh, Jeffrey Bender, Gilbert and Frank. When you were starting out in your careers, did you have a mentor or someone who helped influence you? And can you recall any advice that stuck? Uh, besides me and Gino, have you had a mentor? Again? <laughs> <laughs> what about Shecky? Uh, yeah, I, I never. I've got, I get asked that a lot, but I've, I don't remember ever having a mentor. Yeah, I didn't have, I, I didn't have many myself. A gentleman named Jack Mendelson, who was a writer, one of the writers on the Beatles' Yellow Submarine movie, um, was very gracious and generous to me in L.A. and uh, also uh, the the late great Herb Sargent. 
uh, of of the original Saturday Night Live, and I've I've had a I've had a handful of of older writers who've been good to me, and uh, uh, Barry Secunda, my my first manager, uh, Franken and Davis's manager, and Michael O'Donoghue's manager. I try to return it when I can. I try to give back, pay it forward, as they say, to younger writers. So no mentors, huh, Gil? No, no. You're, you're self-made. What? <laughs> you're a self-made man. That's right. <laughs> uh, Chris Claremont, who's a, who's a Marvel Comics writer, a legendary Marvel Comics writer, told me when I was a kid at my first comic book convention, he told he pulled me aside and he said, "Don't go into comic books." That that was that was advice that stuck. <laughs> It was, it was okay to Chris. Torino Mike, uh, Frank, we followed Gilbert's career for years, but outside of you occasionally saying that you work on The View, uh, can you tell us a little bit of, more about yourself and your career in showbiz? Uh, quickly, that is a long, long answer. Uh, I, I've done a lot of strange things. I've written for a lot of uh, a million comedians and actors, uh, cartoon shows, uh, uh, Mad Magazine, my, my experiences at Tops writing Bazooka Joe comics we've discussed on this show. Many award shows and roasts, even some with Gilbert over the years. And uh, I, I won an Emmy recently, which is a nice thing. Wow, congratulations. Throw, thank you. I'll throw that out there. And uh, I've, I've written for, I've done a lot of different things in the business. And uh, it's, it's, it's hard to go into detail about all of it because you're talking about 30 years. But uh, I've done a little bit of everything. I may be working on a documentary soon, too, which hopefully that will happen. Uh, I'm, I'm excited about that. And we'll answer more about me later. And also thank you to uh, Ray Garten, who asked the same question, and Christopher Nelson. Um, you guys, by the way, can reach out to me directly on Patreon, and I can answer those questions more at length in, in greater detail but uh i do appreciate the interest it's 30 years of stories basically a bad sitcom i would tell you about that bad puppet sitcom i wrote gil oh which which one's this it was called lost on earth it was on the usa network and uh, I, gee a, a bad show on the usa <laughs> I network know. I how is it, this possible I, I needed it to get my guild card my writer's guild card and it was uh Quickly canceled, but people can look it up. I've done a lot of things. I've written a lot of busted pilots. I've had screenplays optioned. I've, I've had a long journey. Andrew LaPosha, uh, with a video online of Gilbert reading Fifty Shades of Grey, would he ever consider reading it doing one of his impressions? Here you go. I'm going to give you a line, Gil. Oh, from okay. your 50. Uh, my inner goddess has stopped and is staring open-mouthed and drooling, which you can do as Vincent Price, if you like. <laughs> My inner goddess has stopped and is staring and drooling. <laughs> there you go. Would you like to do it as James Mason? <laughs> uh, he thrust his hands in my vagina. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure that's in the book, but there you go, Andrew. <laughs> Brian Van Hooker. Gilbert, ah. can you can you please explain to Frank uh, what socks do, how socks func function, and please do it as old Groucho, and please do this until you've driven Frank to the brink of insanity. Well, you know, you have to wear something <laughs> under your shoe, and and so they created 
a garment called a shark. And the shark would go over your foot and, uh, and that would cover your foot. And then you'd put the shoe on, on the foot that had a shark on it. And uh, sometimes you could wear blue socks or, or brown or green. They came in different colors. Oh, really? Socks, yes. <laughs> and, and in my day, they would be uh, the long socks and the short socks. And, uh, and uh, you, you know, if you're wearing shorts and sneakers, you could wear the short socks. <laughs> okay, I've been driven to the brink of insanity. <laughs> Thank you, Brian, for that question. There's there there are a couple on this list, and it's a long list. Like I said, it was a very enthusiastic response to my Patreon post of uh, a couple of requests for you to do impressions here and there. Uh, Joe Kilmartin in Toronto uh, has another question for us about booking, Gil. Who was the hardest guest to get on the podcast, he wants to know. Ooh. And, uh, well, several. <laughs> yeah. There were, I remember, uh, 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 my wife had seen John Davidson. Yes, he was difficult. Uh, yeah, and she asked him, and then we kept asking, and years went by. And then yeah. finally he did it, and he said how what a great time he had. He had a great time. It reminds me of the bit you used to do on stage where you would flip through the Oh, napkins. yes, the days turn days. into weeks, the weeks into months. That's it. Uh, it took a long time. I didn't even write John Davidson's name now, but that's obvious. Yeah, it took a long time to get John. It took a long time to get John Aston on the show. Yes. We had to start a social media campaign, and then, uh, out of the blue, uh, a writer I work with on The View, his cousin, Patrick McCarthy, I'll shout him out, thank you, Patrick, and I'll shout out Christian McKiernan, my co-writer at The View, uh, was working on a project with, uh, I think, Sean Astin, and, it, and, yeah. and volunteered to ask Sean, and then we try, and through Sean, we got Mackenzie Astin, and that's how we, uh, we wore John Astin down and got him on, and he had a great time. Ooh. Recently, I got a, a a a video, you know, a cameo uh, request, and it was uh, from Sean Astin. Oh, he's a fan. Yeah. Okay, now we got to book Sean Astin on the yeah, show. We have to. Absolutely, we'll do that in the fall for sure. Uh, and th you know, Sean and Mackenzie really came through for us with with John. A lot of times, it happens where not necessarily that people are even reluctant to do the show, but busy or distracted, or they've never done a podcast. but And then they do it, and hopefully it's a rewarding experience for them. And, uh, Jordan, and go ahead. I think uh, Dick Van Dyke didn't say yes right away. That's true, too. And, yeah. and then he did it, and he was terrific. Lisa Land and Scott Land, our friends, helped with that one immeasurably. Um, we thank them. Uh, in fact, that episode is up now for the 4th of July as we're recording this. Uh, George Siegel, I, we never got... You know, there are people who slip through the cracks. Yeah, uh, George Siegel, that was... Uh... We tried so hard. Richard Kind tried for us, too. Um, you know, Alice Cooper is a white whale that's out yeah. there that we keep trying to get. Uh, but, but there are people I never thought we'd book, like Alan Arkin and Malcolm McDowell. 
you know. Oh my God, yeah. And and Bruce Dern, and so we were successful in and and and, and Dick Van Dyke. Gilbert mentions one. Uh, so you know, we keep trying, we keep pushing, we keep pressing. Um, Joe also writes, "Who was the most difficult person you've had to deal with while working on the View?" Well, besides Gilbert, who's impossible. <laughs> It's just a de- uh, an intolerable diva. I, 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 I will I will I will turn that question around by mentioning people who are a delight to work with on the view, because I'm not gonna tell tales out of school, but I will say Will Arnett was a joy, Eddie Izzard, uh, uh, Anthony Anderson, Keegan Keegan Michael Key. I write these little uh, backstage things. I write these little bumpers. Uh, bump outs and uh, you know uh, hi I'm uh, Keegan Michael Key and I'm up next on the View and uh, it's it's so they don't just say hi I'm next on the View they're like the little SNL promos um, and they're 25 seconds of comedy and uh, not everybody that comes on wants to do them uh, or is welcoming to the idea but uh, I just mentioned four people who were great um, and and uh, really a pleasure to work with Elizabeth Dibble. This is a question for both of you. I have strong memories of getting in trouble for watching certain TV shows as a kid that my parents had forbidden me to watch. Did that ever happen to you? And what were the shows? The big one for me was the Three Stooges, she says. Believe it or not. There's a woman, a woman who liked the Three Stooges is I a rarity. Know. That's, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's an old story that guys... Yeah, uh, are more uh, into the Three Stooges than women usually. Usually, do you relate and, to this? Was there something your parents frowned on you watching? Uh I don't. I I know there were shows that we just didn't watch. Yeah, for and whatever reason. I don't reason. even remember what, but I remember there were certain shows like, oh, we we don't watch that show here. Who controlled the remote? Was there, well, they weren't remotes in those days. Oh right? no, they weren't remotes. Change uh, the channel by hand. W- Remotes. That was uh, that was uh, science fiction. Right. That's right. So you had the you changed the channel with the plastic channel changer until that snapped, and then you got the pliers. Ah, uh, yes. Right. Yes. Those right. little um, those what do they call those? Needle those nose something? pliers. The what? Needle nose pliers. Needle nose. I was yeah. thinking. I know nose, but I yeah. didn't. Yeah. And you'd go to and you'd change the and oh, and before cable. If you change the dial and like, let's say you were changing, you know, from, you know, just four to five and you stopped and held it mm-hmm. in between, uh, sometimes you'd get some other show, like a snippet yeah. of I mean, people talking. And that what was we, like, what we went through. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And it was very weird. It was like hearing creatures from outer space because right. it wasn't a regular. Well, you show. had the option of the UHF, where you oh. could see something entirely strange. Uh, but but there wasn't anything banned. It was just certain shows you didn't watch. Yeah, in the I, I, in the Godfrey yeah, I household. don't remember anyone saying they're banned, but I remember they just weren't welcome in uh-huh. the house. Why? Because they were anti-Semitic. What? what was <laughs> think I had I don't think my parents my parents were really hands-off parents the opposite of helicopter parents I don't think I was uh, I don't think I was forbidden to watch anything I mean I couldn't stay up to ridiculous hours I remember wanting to stay up and watch Johnny Carson and watch you know when Rodney was on or 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 Rickles or something and I was probably 10 and it was past my bedtime I remember uh 
being up at like one o'clock in the morning because mm-hmm. they were having the original Invisible Man on. And uh, my mother woke up and came in. First, she told me to go to sleep. And I said, no, I want to watch this movie. And then she made me a plate of crackers and butter. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. That's a nice story. Yeah. I, I always remember that. I do have a memory. This is a silly story of wanting to stay up and making a stink because I wanted to watch the follow-up of Batman called Batgirl. I thought there was a Batgirl series, and my mother kept trying to get me to go to bed, and she kept yelling at me, it's that girl. (laughs) (laughs) That girl. There is no show Batgirl. (laughs) Batgirl created by our pal Bill Persky. Uh, Jesse Herman, I was listening to an episode of Mark Maron's podcast where he discussed doing a live show with Gilbert and Larry Bud Melman, also known as Calvert DeForest. Yes. Uh, Mark described Calvert as neurotic, unsure of himself, and a bit queenie. Uh, Oh, a bit? Yeah, he was a little bit. (laughs) Gilbert, do you have any memories of this show? Uh, Frank, I know you worked with Calvert. I remember you saying you wrote roast material for him. I did, but I did not meet the man. Did you have uh, experiences? Of, uh... Uh, yeah, I, I, I met him like, uh, you know, once or twice. And what was this show? Uh, that... it, it doesn't say. Oh. It says you and uh, you and Larry Bud Melman were on it together. Yeah, I, I just, no, I, I don't remember actually. I do remember meeting him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, everybody loved him. Everybody thought I talked to him on the phone briefly, and he—he he, there was a real sweetness to him. Uh yeah, he was. Uh, and yeah, what was funny about him, and what was funny about how you know Letterman uh, knew that it's like he was just funny on his own. Yes, he, he not being funny. I believe he was, he was discovered by uh, Steve Steve Weiner and Carl Tiedemann. Excuse me, who were two Letterman writers on the old show. This may go back to the morning show. In fact, I'm not sure. Maybe not. Maybe the early days of, of, uh, of late night. Um, he was just, apparently he was discovered. He was a, 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 a kind of an amateur actor. Or yeah, a part-time I think they... actor. And he was discovered as working as a receptionist someplace. Yeah. And I think he sometimes pop up in some amateur uh, movie yeah. production. But, and um, I... Yeah. I I, yeah, and I remember how the Letterman show, they would make up these, you know, stuff for him to say that made no sense, no at, sense all. at all. And that's he was what great. made it so funny. He was brilliant in that way. I think it was King of the Z's. I think they made a mock documentary and, and they cast Larry. Well, he wasn't Larry Bud Millman then. I think he was Calvert as, as some, kind of, some kind of Samuel Z. Uh, uh, Arkoff. Uh, uh, a movie impresario. That's my memory. I wrote for him. I was a very young writer, and uh, I had an agent at William Morris, and a junior agent, and he said, uh, they're roasting Billy Martin, the old Yankees manager. Yes. And they have Calvert. They have him signed to be one of the roasters, but he has to play a character. Remember we were talking to Gabe <laughs> yes. Kaplan about yes. how they would bring out Columbo? Oh, yeah, or, 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 uh, or Ed Norton. Art Carney as yeah. Norton, yeah. So Larry uh, or Calvert had to play Billy Ma- uh, Billy Martin's first little league coach, 
and they put him in an ill-fitting baseball uniform, and I had to write, <laughs> I had to write the jokes. You can find that somewhere. I guess it's on. Uh, I don't even know if it's available. The Billy Martin roast. Uh, our friend Josh Chambers. If the podcast were to start up their own pizza store franchises, Gilbert, what suitably GGACP themed celebrity pies might be on the menu? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Well, I guess the Caesar Romero pie with orange slices oh, is uh, yes, too absolutely. obvious. <laughs> Eric Ryan chimes in to say the Alan Ladd pie with extra chicken. Uh, so. You simply got to fuck the chicken. <laughs> Don't you hope that story is true? It has. Yeah, it's it's one of those stories. Even if it's not true, it's true. Yeah. Should we get Alan Ladd Jr. on the show and ask him about it? (laughs) (laughs) That won't go well. Jeff Mouse, M-A-U-S, or Moss, I assume it's Mouse. What are some deep research anecdotes Frank can share? What are standard strategies that go beyond the average Google search? What is the furthest you have gone, furthest length you have gone to get some stories? Uh, the, uh, the, The research goes way beyond Google. What I do is I find old interviews with with uh, with some of these people. Um, it could be things. It could be obscure things from college newspapers or uh, you know old radio interviews they've done or print interviews they've done from magazines and periodicals that are out of print. You find the gems in there. If there's a book, I read the book. If there's a documentary, I I watch the documentary. Uh, other times it's just things that I've accumulated, information that I've picked up. Over the years, one of and, the reasons. And, go ahead. And me, I I try to find the correct pronunciation. Yes. Gilbert works me. with Raybone for months <laughs> on finding the correct pronunciation of the name. Uh, yeah, there there are things. I think of an example. Uh, uh, I think we had David Zucker from um, Air, Airplane and the Naked Gun, and I was I didn't even know if this found its way into the show. But I was reading an old interview in a college newspaper with him, and I found that that Kentucky Fried Theater—I think it was one of the one of the first uh, performances of Kentucky Fried Theater in Madison, Wisconsin. There was a fire. Uh, there was some anecdote, and I, I I remember writing that down and thinking nobody has ever asked him about this because it's it's 35 years ago. I do these kind of deep dives into the past, and I find. I find little oddities. Uh, Josh Abalon, uh, or Abalon. Frank, any stories of your time writing for Commander USA? Do you remember that show, Gil, on the uh, USA yes. Network? Yes. It's a superhero with a painted-on mask. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because you were, you were at USA right around that time, I think, doing Up uh, All yeah, Night. Yeah, it was when I was doing USA Up All Night. Yeah. I wrote three episodes. One was Kingdom of the Spiders with William Shatner. One was a Johnny Yoon. Remember Johnny Yoon? Oh, yes. Johnny Yoon movie called They Still Call Me Bruce. And I can't for the life of me think of what the third one was. But they they were very nice to me. Again, I was a young writer. It was right around the time I was doing that Calvert DeForest thing. I must have been in my 20s. And Jim Hendricks, who was Commander USA, was lovely to me. Okay, now this sends me off in like... how you hear a name or yeah. something and send you off. You're going down the Johnny Yoon rabbit hole? Yes. If it was, in fact, it sounded like the last name Yoon. There was a, and, and probably all of our listeners will be screaming out the name of the picture. Uh-huh. There was a picture about where they defrosted a caveman, like a more modern day one. It wasn't okay. like a 
Not Encino Man with Brendan Fraser. Uh, No, no. This was a a serious film. And it wasn't like George Zucco. I know what you're thinking of. That's the movie called Iceman. Yes, and was it was was Yoon the no Cape? That, no that is an Asian actor named John Lone L O N E. Oh, okay, I yeah. knew it was an Asian actor. Yeah, Johnny Yoon was a Korean comedian who oh who, okay who played this kind of Bruce Lee esque or or a, or a man mistaken for Bruce Lee. Yes, <laughs> in a movie called They Call Me Bruce. And, uh, yeah, I don't think Johnny's with us anymore. John Lone, I don't know about. But, yeah, that was my experience. I mean, it was, they were freelance gigs, and they treated me very well. I remember going to the set, and they had a director's chair with my name on it. And for a, oh. 20, for a 26-year-old, 27-year-old kid, that was a, I, gi- I a giant I remember doing some – I don't even remember the name of it. I just know it was like one of these bottom-of-the-barrel uh, budget uh, movies – and and I came there, and and I at one point I'm getting tired of standing around. Well, first of all, they had someone pick me up at the airport and drive me, and he was saying, uh, "I'm going to ask if this is actually the movie." He said, "Because <laughs> it was that cheap that you couldn't even tell uh, that there were any. There might have been one camera." <laughs> so. I, and and so he said, yeah, yeah, this seems to be where they're, what they're filming. And and I went over there, I'm standing around, and I said, is this someplace I can sit down? And uh, the director yells out, uh, do you know where that chair is? And and it's like, so they had one chair uh-huh. that they had to find for me to sit down. They had like... Uh, <laughs> I love it. I love it. The, 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 you uh, Over the years, I mean, there have been, I, I would assume, director's chairs with your name on them. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think so, yeah. yeah. I think mine was a quick stencil job. It was low-budget television. <laughs> Morty Weinberg, when recruiting a hesitant guest, what episode do you send them to try to win them over? Well, that's all kinds of episodes. Uh, did you send Al Pacino the Beverly D'Angelo interview? No, we didn't do that. Uh, and an episode suggestion he has, please interview Gino Salamone to discuss his love of bird watching and photography. <laughs> I think that's a gag, but Gino appreciated that. I sent it to him. We do send um, sample episodes to guests that are not necessarily reluctant, but maybe uh, need some convincing um, yeah. from, from time to time. Yeah, sometimes we'll send a guest that kind of seems like, uh, you know, if it's old Hollywood, we'll get a guest that uh, will play him some tapes of old Hollywood actors that we interviewed or singers, other singers we've done. Yeah, yeah. Or or co-stars or people they've worked with so they know that, that you know, they can go and ask that person, did you have a good time? Was it... Uh, was it a safe environment? Uh, and where on the doll did Gilbert touch you? <laughs> we uh, we don't... Uh, Al Pacino, we have not pursued. I think Beverly told us... Uh, I mean, we could look further into it. I think Beverly told us that uh, 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 that he isn't... Uh, he isn't a great interview. Yeah, he, he never struck me as one of those that pops up 
He's he was never a Johnny Carson. He's not a chatty Kathy. He was no. uh, he was on our pal Leonard Maltin's podcast though, and pretty good. Uh, he did make a little video for us at the cutting room that Dara got. It, it which, was, which was great, life changing. Yes, uh, it Dara. just yeah, it just came on, and I thought, oh, this isn't a bad Al Pacino imitation. I wonder who's doing it. <laughs> And it was actually him. We did an anniversary show last year before the pandemic hit at the cutting room, before all the shit hit the fan. And Dara, without telling Gilbert and, and, and me, she was surprising us. Uh, she got, she managed to get some former podcast guests like Neil Sedaka and Bob Saget and Weird Al and Louis Black and people like that to make little special video congratulations. And somehow Beverly was on it and she got Al Pacino to say, Congratulations, Gilbert and Frank. Yes. <laughs> the world's worst Al Pacino impersonation. <laughs> I sounded it like sound- Bernie Sanders. <laughs> it, 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 it sounded a little Tony Curtis. <laughs> Congratulations, <laughs> Gilbert and Frank. Wonderful. <laughs> this is Al Pacino, and I just wanted to add my congratulations for Gilbert and Frank as they turn 300 years old. No, as they celebrate. Celebrate. As they celebrate, celebrate, celebrate their three hundredth episode of the Amazing Causes. Of the Amazing Causes. Okay, then also. Also, happy birthday, Gilbert and Dara, and have a great night. <laughs> our our pal Gino, but we'll never say no. We'll never say never on Al. We will return to Gilbert Gottfried's Amazing Colossal Podcast after this. Gene Beretta, uh, our pal, if you two were on Jeopardy and the category was pre-1980 films, who would win? What do we think of that, Gil? Oh, that's an interesting one. Yeah. First, yeah. They would ha- first they'd have to ask us to be on Exactly. Jeopardy. Have no, you ever been approached you, for, by Celebrity Jeopardy? No, no, oh. but I will say one thing. One time they... Asked the question on Jeopardy where I was the answer. Was that the one about the podcast? Uh, I forget there, what it there was. was one it about may have the been podcast. a Latin or the podcast. Uh, oh, there or... was one about the podcast a few years yeah. ago. And, yeah, and, and was I was an so excited because I heard ahead of time. And then there was some terrorist attack on some uh, museum or library or and something. And it didn't air. Uh, yeah, and yeah. see, and ever since then, I hated the Al Qaeda. <laughs> <laughs> that was the that was the only reason. That was the uh, that was the podcast question. Yes, the, I have it on my screen here somewhere. Was he interviews? Uh, he interviews celebrities in his inimitable voice. Oh yes, on the amazing colossal podcast. Yes, but it didn't it didn't air. I had the DVR ready to go as well. Um, Second part of Gene's question, would you guys uh, be willing to do a season of Wife Swap? I think Gilbert and Dara have been there already. I did. (laughs) I I swapped wives with Alan Thicke. Yes. Yes. And that was (laughs) a very very fortunate day for Dara. Yeah. (laughs) I I think Dara would only be interested if someone could cook, if I could cook for her. That would, that uh, yes. Would, yeah, that would. I do. I do like to cook, and she uh, that that has appealed to her. Gilbert would have to learn my wife's name first. Uh, yeah. <laughs> which is not a given. Yes, her name is Toodles. Toodles. Yes, yes. he keeps calling. He's met Genevieve probably on yeah. fifteen or twenty occasions. 
And yes. the last time we were sharing a cab together, and she said, hey, Gilbert, what's my name? And he said, I know your name. And she said, what is it? And he said, Toodles. <laughs> I, I, I'm one of those people, like, I could work with someone for 50 oh, years. Oh, we know that about you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then uh, go to the men's room, come back, and not know who that person is sitting there. I said to Henry Gross, uh, how long do you think after the sh- this show wraps uh, one day down the road, where uh, how long will it take Gilbert to forget who I am? And Henry said, I don't think he knows who you are now. <laughs> <laughs> and it's been seven years. Yes. John Zito, Z-I-T-O, pre-pandemic, how often did each of you go to see live theater in New York? Uh, Gilbert does not go to live theater. That costs money. Yes. <laughs> What have been your favorite or most memorable theater-going experiences? Well, in the days when you were working the Broadway theaters. Yes, I used to work the concessions in the theater selling candy and T-shirts. And I saw Richard Burton in Equus. Yeah. And and when Richard Burton was off for a week, Anthony Perkins in Equus. Wow. I saw A Matter of Gravity with Catherine Hepburn and Christopher Reeve. Uh, American Buffalo with Robert Duvall, Kenneth McMillan, and John Savage. That's cool. Yeah. Kenneth so, McMillan. There's a character actor. And John Savage, too. So basically free theater. Is, yes, is, yeah. yes. <laughs> yes. Although I did, there were maybe like two play, two, three plays we actually did uh, find like half-price tickets on. Oh. And... I saw, this is something. You I took saw, your wife out to a night in the theater. Yeah, yeah. I, I, But this was years ago. I went with my sisters or with my parents. Ah. And we saw um, Play It Again, Sam, with Woody Allen, uh, 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 Diane Keaton, and uh, Tony Roberts. Jerry, uh, oh, yeah. Jerry and, Lacey. And Jerry Lacey. Yes, Jerry Lacey. And, and we saw uh, George C. Scott in Death of a Salesman. Wow. And and we saw also uh, Peter Falk and, and former podcast guest Lee Grant. Oh, in, in Prisoner of Second Avenue? Yes. Great, that's right. You told Lee that. That's cool. That's cool. Those are, those are all great shows. And, yeah. and since we're talking about Jerry Lacey playing Bogart, Robert Sackey died a couple of weeks ago. I saw that. Yeah. yeah. The star of the man he, with Bogart's face. Sackey was scary when he really he looked like him. His, yeah. We Bogart, had just talked I mean, about him with Michelle Phillips, who's yeah, in that, who's he in that movie. A, he, I mean, you looked at him and said, no, that, that is footage of Bogart. I know. Isn't, I know. I I, uh, I I love the band's visit uh, uh, with uh, musical uh, the musical compositions of the great David Yazbek, who has done this show. I also saw Les Mis six times, Gilbert. So you can make fun of me. Okay. <laughs> I uh, I just absolutely love that show. I'm a sucker for a musical, as anybody who listens to this show knows. Although I will say for for our pal uh, Lan Romo, who's probably listening. And I worship Sondheim's talent, but almost all Sondheim goes over my head. I'm I'm just not that bright. Uh, So that will will get us cards and letters. I have have seen Assassins. I have seen Sweeney Todd. I have seen Pacific Overtures. 
I have seen company, uh, but I I, uh, I fail to to I guess understand. I I just remembered. I saw another play that was two one act plays by the same actor, and it was one of my faves. Uh, um, uh, Ben Gazzara. Oh, and what? it was called Yui and Night. Night clerk. Was I that about Yui Long? The, the, uh, the I don't think so. No, it was. Uh, but I was there, going here. I am watching Ben Gazzara. There you go. Here and on the subject of theater, Lawrence Paone or Pione, P A O N E. Does Gilbert have any memories? Any uh, does Gilbert have any memories, fond or otherwise, about appearing on Broadway as the narrator in the Rocky Horror Picture Show? Oh yes, the, the Rocky Horror Show at Circle in the Square. Yes, and I had fun doing it. You know, I like they let me just play around with whatever I said. Uh, but I remember once again, I thought this is just for a week, and and it reinforces the fact that I don't. Wa- I never wanted to be a Broadway actor because <laughs> right. they actually have to work. Yeah, you can barely <laughs> memorize your own act. Yes. Yeah. yeah. He says, I was a, I was the box office treasurer, Lawrence says, and I was at the window when Gilbert showed up for his first rehearsal. He was so shy and quiet, I didn't recognize him. A week later, he was on stage doing a bit about trying to fuck a pearl. <laughs> <laughs> he said it kept rolling off, and the audience went wild. But there you go. Uh, this is from Dan Fisher, uh, who does some great uh, Photoshop work uh, on behalf of the podcast. Some great stuff on Facebook. Uh, hey, Gil, I've met you a few times. You will not remember. I am a prop master for film and TV, and I used to work on MTV's Live Spring Break broadcasts. Oh, yeah, I did a few 80s. of those. Do you have any memories of doing live bits among throngs of drunk, horny college students? Uh, well, I, I remember doing a lot of, you know, like, uh, uh, what was the, the place in Florida that most of those were done? Oh um, God. Well, or, well, this, uh, I guess Orlando or, uh, yeah, Orlando. Or, yeah. And, and I, yeah, and I remember being Daytona there, Beach. uh, unfortunately, uh, the horny parts, I, I never experienced. <laughs> you, never, you didn't get any fringe benefits from being yeah, in those. Every other guest was getting laid left and right, and then I'd hear stories like, oh, God, remember that spring break? Everybody was getting laid there. And I go, they they were? Well, <laughs> did someone knock on my door and I was in the shower or something? <laughs> Gilbert, you don't know how to wield your celebrity. I know. I I was always terrible at that. I I I've been for years. I've done shows uh, where where a girl will fuck the opening act because she's impressed that he was the opening act for me. Uh, but I can't figure out how to do it. Well, there you go. He doesn't. He doesn't have any specific memories. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember. Not uh, getting uh, lucky, he remembers. Yeah, yeah. I, I I can give you about a million stories about me jerking off alone in the hotel room if you want. <laughs> that counts. Yeah. Chris Ketchmark, uh, Gilbert, if you could take a mulligan or a do-over, which is what a mulligan is, on any film or TV role, what would it be? 
Um, I don't know, just about every. Uh... <laughs> you, do you resent the fact that your work in, in, uh, in How to Be a Player, Gil, was unrecognized by the Academy? Uh, yeah, well, it shows how political the business it is. It is political. Yeah. <laughs> you, you would basically look through your whole IMDb page and do them over. Take a mulligan on the... Uh, yeah, the, it's the like I, I always think, you know, and they get like some really respected star on like, you know, the Tonight Show or whatever. And then they do something like, oh, and here's some stuff you did before you were a star. And it's some embarrassing scene in a movie or commercial. And I figure with me, they would have to dig something up and go, and uh, Gilbert, we actually found something of quality that you did. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you, you, do you go back and look at performances in, in Beverly Hills Cop Two or or something? Yeah, I mean, that's a yeah. you got to be proud of that. I, I'm very proud. You don't want to do that of, one over. Yeah, yeah, I'm very proud of that one. I'm I'm very proud of the and, and surprised by the Problem Child movies because. Yeah. And your work in Aladdin, you don't want to do over. Oh, oh, absolutely. Exceptional work. Aaron Alcott, my introduction to Gilbert was him doing a host segment for the movie The Money Pit on Cinemax. Any memory of that? That I still, was probably I still quote it to this day. Night. It might have been. Yeah. It might have been. Uh, uh, and the director of The Money Pit, Mr. Richard Benjamin, will soon be returning to this very podcast. Yes, who I auditioned for once, and he didn't pick me. And stepmother was an alien? Yes. Okay, you yes. get a chance and, to br- break his hump about that all over again. Yes, and that was a big hit film. <laughs> <laughs> you would have put it over the top and then yeah. wanted your, your wanted a do-over. Alan Bernard. Alan, we have to thank Alan, uh, who uh, curates the uh, Progressive Listener Society Facebook page. He does a great job there. Uh, Frank, how did you break into a writing career? Uh, again, as with the other questions about my career, very, very long story, uh, which I can't go into. I didn't so much break in anyway as I seeped in. Uh, it, took, it took a very, very long time. I went to film school. I started a comedy group, a sketch comedy group in the village. We did live performances. I was trying to create my own kind of Kentucky Fried Theater and and follow that model. I got a manager. I got an agent. I wrote things, random jobs like that Larry Mel- uh, Bud Melman thing, the Billy Martin roast, and uh, all kinds of odd jobs in Commander USA and a lot of cartoons and, and a, a lot of freelance gigs. And it's a very, very long, convoluted story uh, that, that drags out over 30 years. So, again, uh, DM me on Patreon or Facebook and we'll talk about it. I can go into great detail of my, my horror stories and, and good and bad stories over the years. Reed Hawkins. For Gil, if yeah. you could choose one, Gil, would you take would you take out on a date B. Benaderet, Francis Bavier, or Frank Cady? Do we know who Frank Cady was? He was he was Mr. Drucker on Green Acres. Oh he was the well, druggist. Well, Frank uh, had uh, Frank Drady had some great legs. <laughs> he did. <laughs> but I I have to I am fascinated by uh Francis Bavier? By, yeah, yeah. Mm. I, I I really think a movie should be made about her. Are you a cat person? Is that your interest in Frances? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yes. She became yeah. a crazy cat woman. Yeah. And then she moved out of Hollywood to some other state. And, and that was to escape from Hollywood. And yet, being in another state 
made her a much bigger star in that state because, like, in Hollywood, you know, you'll see Kirk Douglas and Marilyn Monroe walking down the street. And, but she was in one of these states you don't see anybody. So it was like, oh my God, this is, uh, <laughs> this is Aunt B. She was and a big fish in a small pond. Yeah, they yeah. peek in her window and everything. I They have to do a movie of her life. Okay. Gilbert Gottfried wants to produce the Francis Bavier story for a lifetime. Maybe be, maybe let, we could do it with uh, uh, here. Uh, they they oh wrote God. two movies I was in, and I still can't pronounce their names. Uh, oh, Larry Karaszewski. Yes, and Scott. Ale- you can't pronounce Scott Alexander. Scott Alexander, I can work on. But, okay, Scott. Scott and Larry, we have their emails. We're going to write them. Tell, we, we're going to tell them to start working on the Francis Bavier movie. Yes. Yeah. And get and Tim, I, get Tim I Burton. I heard late, late in her life, she finally, uh, she did call and talk to Andy Griffith because the two of them yeah. hated each other. That's what I hear. That's what I hear. Uh, so, okay, so the answer is you're going Francis Bavier. For Frank, what uh, with your photographic memory, what is the one thing you have trouble remembering? Like people's names. No, I remember everybody's names. Phone numbers, car keys, wallets. Yeah, I am the kind of left brain, right brain, right right brain person where I can remember, you know, the the ninth build person, you know, in uh, in a TV movie from 1973 with Ruth Gordon, but I can't remember where my keys are, or where I put my wallet. I'm. I'm the exact same way. Somebody said to there me, you go. where they asked me a question, and I had no idea, and it was a simple question. And he says, uh, you you know who directed a film from 1920? That's it. Uh, but you don't know this. No. I can I can give you the entire cast of Tidal Wave, the Lorne Green uh, <laughs> disaster movie. <laughs> In alphabetical order, but I leave credit cards in, in, in cabs and in taxi cabs. Now you pay with a credit card. You slide yes. the card in, and it sits in the little device. And I have walked out of the cab forty I, times and left credit I, cards. I, I in wonder cabs. how many credit cards are lost in cabs. A lot. I've left uh, before I had a, a proper uh, iPhone. I had the little flip phones, and I left probably twenty of those in taxi cabs. And on buses, my wife has bought me dozens of scarves that I've left on buses. I lose things, and I can't remember where I place things, and it, it really and drives then, me of crazy. Course, uh, the old classic are umbrellas. Umbrellas. I've gone through a hundred umbrellas yeah. in the last decade easily. <laughs> easily. You and I, we should not live together. We would both be Oscar. <laughs> David McConaughey, how do you guys spend your time aside from GGACP? What time aside, I ask. And Gilbert, how many gigs do you take on in a month? How, and then how do you handle the responsibilities of parenting? <laughs> uh, is Darren nearby to hear this? Because we can yeah, get a good I'll laugh s- out of I'll her. swear the Fifth Amendment on this one. <laughs> The responsibilities. That's the funniest thing I ever heard. Ed Marcus. Gilbert, if you could remake any movie, no matter what genre, what would you choose? Wow. See, because this is the thing. You know, you hate when they remake a great movie. Yes. But it would be nice if they could take a total bomb 
and and remake it. What about Skidoo? Uh, yeah, that could possibly. Could I don't know Skidoo? if that had any chance. <laughs> no, I don't, there's no, there's nothing of value. <laughs> like I think, I think in the right hands, uh, Jerry Lewis's movie. Um, uh, oh God, I forget Jerry Lewis's movie. What? Latter Day One? Uh yes, the the one that no one's ever seen. Smor- Smorgasbord? Uh no no Har- no. Hardly that... working? No no, the one that lost one. That, oh, the uh, day the clown cried. The day the clown cried. I think in the right hands that could be a good movie. Well, the Roberto Benigni movie, Life Is Beautiful, isn't that in the same realm? Uh yeah, which uh, always that... got me. It's like uh, people always made fun of the fact that Jerry Lewis is beloved by the French and looked upon as a genius, even though he's just some goofy, stupid comic. And then uh, uh, Benini comes here, and he America makes him the next Charlie Chaplin. I, <laughs> strange. Unfair. Yeah. Unfair. Uh, and also he adds, Frank, did you know there was an old silent movie studio on East 15th and Avenue M in Brooklyn? Did you know this, Gil? Oh, I How don't about remember. That? How about that? Well, there were yeah. silent studios all over Brooklyn and Queens. Yeah. You know, in in the day. I don't know that specific one. Cliff, Cliff Nesteroff is, the, is your man uh, on that. Gregory Ward. Well, Gil, uh, what did the owner of my local comedy club in Springfield have on you to convince you to come here? <laughs> Springfield, Missouri, <laughs> I should say. Springfield, Mo. Uh, and Frank, when are you coming to visit to uh, Branson, recruit some of the local talent? If you make it here, Yakov Smirnoff tickets are on me. Wow, that's a, <laughs> that, is a, that is a hard offer to turn down. Yes. In America, you buy tickets. In Russia... The tickets by you. <laughs> what a country. In America, you watch a show. Oh, In Russia, the show watches you. <laughs> what a country. Yakov has the same laugh as Arnold Horshack. I just yes. realized. <laughs> Have you met Yakov Smirnov? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And he said... In America, you meet Gilbert Gottfried. In Russia, Gilbert Gottfried meets you. That's a tried and true formula. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Jen Moran. Uh, uh, Jer Moran. Jer Moran. Sorry, I'm laughing too too much to see the page. Jer, short for Jeremy, I assume. Question for both Gilbert and Frank. Are there any recent films you've enjoyed? Recent? I guess he means after 1974. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Last night, I was at a party, and there were these two young guys there. I don't know, like uh, late teens, early 20s. And and I mentioned to them, they started talking to me, and I mentioned, like, I really like old movies. Mm-hmm. And they said that they like old movies, too. And particularly the movies from the 90s. Wow, that hurts. Yes, that (laughs) is, I'll be in pain with that for the rest of my life. Wow, you know, I used to listen to CBS FM, which is an oldie station. Yes. My whole life, it was playing 60s oldies. You would tune into CBS FM and you would hear Jailhouse Rock 
And you'd hear some 70s, but, you know, mostly you'd hear the big bopper and you'd hear, well, that's 50s, but you'd hear, you'd hear a lot of 60s pop music, top 40. It's now 80s. The oh, 80s is man. now considered oldies on, and, C- on CBS FM, and I'm completely and, depressed. And when, when these guys said old movies from the 90s, oh, that's I a thought, dagger in your heart. So Turner Classic Movies is going to be doing a, a dedication to the 90s. Well, every soon. now and then, Turner Classic Movies runs more modern movies. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, listen, this is, these are the changing times. We're the only ones lost in 1957. On yes. This <laughs> on this show. Uh, yes, recent films, I mean, I don't see many recent films because most of the movies that I have time to watch are movies um, uh, that I'm doing for podcast research. Like I just rewatched Brewster McCloud because we had John Shuck uh, on the show and I'll watch a bunch of, of uh, Richard Benjamin stuff because he's coming back. I did love Jojo Rabbit. A yeah. movie from I think 2019, scored by our pal Michael Giacchino. I thought that was a brilliant comedy that that uh, uh, managed to handle dark, the darkness and the light seamlessly because it's about Nazis. Yeah, really beautifully done. And I watch a lot of television. Uh, uh, Fargo on FX, and, which is and, a few years old. When it's was brilliant. the last time? Uh, you sat in a movie theater. Oh, uh, God. The last movie theater, uh, the last movie I went to, it may have been a screening. It may have been a WGA screening. Uh, but but a movie where I bought a ticket? No, uh, Jojo Rabbit. Yeah, I saw the screening. I saw the, a guild screening. I can't I can't remember, it, which is, and, which is sh- shame on us, because we're the guys here sitting here talking about extolling yeah. the virtues of movie theaters. Yeah, but, I, but cer- movie theaters... It's it's sad, but they're just dead. Well, they're all closed in, in Manhattan virtually. Uh, I can't remember the last time my wife and I bought a ticket to may, maybe maybe one of the Star Wars movies with with her family. I think we had an event with a, a family event, and we saw uh, uh, the Force Awakens together. Uh, I can't remember. Shame on me. But it's it's getting harder and harder. Uh, Ken Feinlieb, uh, the two of you seem so in sync in your taste, but what are some films uh, that you disagree on? Do we disagree on on, uh, on much, Gilbert? Hmm. I don't Ta- think so. Usually we agree on everything. Yeah, I guess I'm not as big a fan of, of Jerry Lewis movies as you are. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you won't catch me uh, uh, watching Way Way Out. Oh my God! Or, What's or, that? Con- Connie. Um, Connie Stevens. Connie Stevens. Yeah. Uh, and or, oh, and or, or, I the, think, or the delicate delinquent. Yeah, and I think Dick Sean. <laughs> yeah, sounds right. Was in that, and delicate delinqu- delicate delinquent was originally written as a Martin and Lewis picture. Right. I yeah. I do like the Martin and Lewis pictures. I do like those. Uh, See, now when I watch a Martin and Lewis picture, every now and then I find something funny. Uh, But for the most part, I think this is so weird because people who saw them live say it was a religious experience. The funniest thing ever, they say. And, and, but the... The Martin and Lewis pictures are, oh, that's that's kind of funny. Yeah. I'd say Gilbert and I agree on everything. (laughs) (laughs) I like Ferris Bueller a little bit more than he does. (laughs) Will Harris. Will Harris is a fan of the show and a terrific writer and interviewer. He does random roles for the AV Club. They're great. 
How did Gilbert end up doing the Clint Eastwood impression? He's credited as a tough guy vocal. You know where I'm going with this, Gil? On a song called Make My Day. Oh, my. By a band called Z, Z-E-E. Oh, my God. I have vague recollections of that. Yeah, it's on YouTube. It's a, it's, it's you, it's, it's some strange kind of, I don't know if it's a hip hop record, but it's got you in the background going, make my day doing this weird Clint Eastwood thing. Wow. I hope you got paid. Yeah. <laughs> uh, only vague memories not, not of that. Not with my agent. Exactly. Uh, John Ray. Here's the setup, Gil. James Mason is having difficulty landing any acting roles. So to make ends meet, he tries his hand at stand up. Gilbert helps him by letting him use his Ben Gazzara joke during open <laughs> mic night. So he it's... he wants you to hear he wants to hear Ben <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's he like wants... too long a bit. I know. Maybe you that. could do the punchline as James yes. Mason. And and the alien says Ben Gazzara's a good actor. Why can't he get this series? Beautiful. <laughs> there you go. John Ray. He takes requests. Gary Esposito, have you guys thought about doing a Zoom meetup, a free Zoom meetup, and showing all 13 episodes, well, really 12, of Gilbert's year on Saturday Night Live and having running commentary? I think that's Gilbert's version of hell. Yes, yes. I don't think there is one second of me on Saturday Night Live that I'd want anyone to see. (laughs) Okay, so that that goes back to the question about your do-over. Yes. You want to do over the entire season. I do over by not doing the show at all. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, Let's see here. Dr. Z, uh, Eric Z, MD, Medical Deviant. Ah, uh, yes. I was listening to an old Howard Stern episode, Al Goldstein. Al Goldstein was in serious financial trouble, and friends were vowing to help, and Al said that Gilbert promised to send him 20 bucks. I was un- wondering if Gilbert ever sent that 20 bucks. <laughs> well, I, I, sa- I sent a very large amount of money, but uh, I, I made sure to ask him not to tell anyone. <laughs> Because I like, hate when people thank me for that. It was an anonymous things. donation? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, my God. Uh, also, Eric Z wants to know what happened to origami-less boneless Raybone, and will you have him back? Paul was Paul was on not far, not long ago. Yeah. We did a we did a mini episode, a Patreon-only episode well, with he, Paul. He's, he's around? Yeah, we... Uh, I think he's off now looking up uh, an answer because we said, who was the title character in King Kong? <laughs> so we're still trying to find... Oh, and and in what country oh, God. Uh, did Casablanca take place in? Hilarious. Uh, let's see, what do we have here? Ernest, I'm curious, uh, both of you, what are your takes on the 63 movie Comedy of Terrors? It's an old AIP oh movie. Oh my God, I haven't seen that for a while. With Price, Karloff and Karloff. Laurie. Was Basil Rathbone in that too? Yeah, he's in it. Vincent Price and Joey Brown's last movie. Ah. I never saw it, interestingly enough. I, I know I know about it. I've probably seen five, ten minutes of it somewhere. I think I probably saw it when I was a kid and don't remember it all that well. Yeah, okay. But may- maybe you'll uh, maybe revisit it. Okay. Maybe you'll have a. Maybe you'll have. A, you'll fall in love with it. I, thought I remember there. Corman, I, Corman wasn't directly involved in that. Strangely enough, 
even yeah, with that I, cast. I think, I think in that film, they turn uh, Peter Lorre into a big bird. That sounds right. Walking. Yeah. Sounds right. David Coyle, PhD. I'm wondering if Gilbert has ever tried to learn any Yiddish. Uh, uh, old I, Jewish theater recordings exist and are even being made av- available online. Would he consider de- uh, going deeper into this lost there genre? There were one or two words that I picked up from my grandmother, but uh, uh, let me see a sentence if I could remember. Uh, uh, oh. Uh, oh, God. Uh, uh, oh, here. Now, what that meant nice. is, you know, like uh, cupping that they do with people where they used to put a cup on you with a candle inside? Yes, yes. And so in, in Yiddish, it's called uh, bunking and, or bankish. And, uh, and And so what the sentence means... It's like uh, giving bunkers to a corpse, like when something's hopeless. Wow, very good. And you retain yeah. that all those years. Yes. What if What if somebody offered you a half a million dollars to do your whole act in Yiddish? Uh, then, uh, then I would. <laughs> I, I, I'd go up there with payas. <laughs> Gilbert Gottfried in The Chosen. Uh, and Charlie a long Bruce. Beard. <laughs> <laughs> Charlie Bruce, I'd like to hear Gilbert's memories of an early routine of his, in particular a, a Nostradamus bit where a soothsayer says about Happy Days, a Happy Days spinoff. Do you know where this is going? Oh, yeah. Oh, sure. Go ahead. Yeah. I, I, uh, that I, I say, uh, uh, back then it was, uh, the 1400s and, uh, Oh, uh, back then it was the 1400s, and people were going, this is a long time ago. Yes, I love that joke. Uh, Nostradamus predicted Henry Winkler would have uh, would be a big star. And in the 1400s, they were going, Winkler? Chachi, I could see, but not Winkler. It's <laughs> <laughs> ridiculous. You're not, you're not still doing that stuff, huh? I think I may do it in my next show. Bring out a Chachi reference. It's current. We will return to Gilbert Gottfried's amazing, colossal podcast. But first, a word from our sponsor. Frank, do you uh, say, Charlie Bruce also asked, Frank, do you have a pet project or screenplay that you would love to produce but haven't had about a million pet pet projects? Yeah, I had some screenplays optioned in my L.A. days. Uh, I wrote a... I wrote a movie called Damage People with a late great comic named Sam Brown. It was a neurotic, a love story about two neurotics uh, that was almost made into a movie. I wrote a couple of other comedies. Uh, I've written pilots. Uh, a lot. There are a lot of things I'd like to do. There are a lot of shows I'd like to do. I'd like to do something with uh, with uh, showbiz history, since this this podcast has turned me into an amateur historian. Uh, lots of projects. I'll go into them in detail one day. Jay Feldman, I just... Oh, wait. Re- before, go ahead. I just, re- <laughs> I just remembered a Chachi story. Okay, let's hear it. That, uh, aside from dating... Um, uh, oh, Jesus. Aaron Moran. Uh, Pam Anderson. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, right, Aaron, Pam Anderson. Chachi used to date were, Pam Anderson. I thought Anderson. you were staying in Happy Days Land. And aside from her and maybe one or two of the other stars... He would just show up at the set, and they'd have a million extras, 
and he'd be uh, banging one extra after the other. And and they used to, when he'd show up, they used to call the show Watch. Wow. Yeah. I never heard that. <laughs> That's great. I love that. Uh, let's see uh, what else we have here. We got so many. Stan Sitzman. Gil, how does your lovely bride tolerate you day in, day out, week after week, year after year? After year? Does she tolerate you? No. Okay. <laughs> oh, an answer to your does question. Does anyone actually know who the father of her children are? <laughs> they, they seem way too well-mannered to be related to Gilbert in any way. <laughs> <laughs> well, they both look like the UPS men. I don't know why. <laughs> Fred Wheaton, our pal Fred Wheaton. We've heard about the life masks that Gilbert has. Are there any faces or of other celebrities, living or dead, he would like to add to his wall? I don't know. It's funny. Like, the kind of collectibles I've acquired, it's like, I kind of prefer if I'm at a museum or someone's house looking at their collectibles. Because, boy, I have a habit of, collecting just loads of crap after a while. Yeah, me too. Me too. He says, uh, would Frank obtain, is there anything you guys would obtain to start a collection? Casts of other body parts. Like <laughs> like, like those rock rupees, like Cynthia Plaster Caster? Oh, is well, that what he's yeah, going for? If, if yeah. they, if they would, if somebody saved Milton Berle's cock, I'd certainly <laughs> like that in a glass display. Yes, he would. <laughs> Very much. Uh, K.I. Gil, the comedians you came up with, Jerry Seinfeld, Tim Allen, Bobcat, do you stay in touch with these people? Yeah, you and Jerry are thick as thieves, right? Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> constantly. Me and Jerry are constantly playing tennis together. <laughs> Going on long drives. Yes. Well, Bob, Bobcat we talk to from time to time. Uh, He's yes. been on the show. Yes, and, but, and I once worked with him on, what was that, CSI. Right. I did an episode. And Hot to Trot. Oh, yes. 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 D- don't forget Hot to Trot. Talk about movies to do over. Exactly. <laughs> from, from everyone's perspective. Ben Oakley, as in Oakley Dokley, I guess. Yes. Or o- Oakley or Oakley. Boy, you beat me to that yeah. joke. <laughs> that no. was Ned Flanders. <laughs> Can Gilbert confirm, uh, if it's true, that Ethel Merman left Ernest Borgnine so fast because on their honeymoon he gave her a Dutch oven? <laughs> It it sounds like it has to be true. Oh my God! It, it, if it's not, not a true, gift, it should be. <laughs> that is not like getting a uh, <laughs> rotisserie. <laughs> yeah, I would say seek out Drew Friedman's book, his first book for uh, Ethel Merman and Ernest Borgnine. Uh, Thirty-two days they were married. Yes. How about ridiculous. that? Ridiculous! What whatever? I mean, whatever drug they were on when they got married. <laughs> Kevin S. Watsy, I think it's time we get Gilbert a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. What do we think of this idea? Ah, uh, sure. What you gotta, the hell? You got to pony up. Yes. Oh, you have to pay for those. Yes, but I don't so, think you. I don't think you have to pay. I think. Oh, you, oh your, if, your if fan other people want to, you know, for homeless people to piss on. Uh, <laughs> <fine>. <laughs> yeah, it's overdue, Gil. Who should, who should we put you between? Which Where should your star be situated? In front of uh, a pizza with, store. That It's so funny. With that, just like the uh, handprints yeah. outside Grauman's Theater, they change them. So, like, they'll dig out the cement, 
And and I, I always thought when I found that out, I thought, well, wait a minute, this is supposed to be immortality that yeah. you're in that, and it's like, no, it's no. a couple of years, and then they dig it up and toss it in the they garbage. They replace you with R two D 2s wheel prints. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 It's sort of a commentary on show business, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. In in a way, it's a sad commentary. Sam Korak or Korash or Karach. Gill's pick for a quick fan favorite impression, Chico Dice Marks. Do <laughs> <laughs> you remember any of that? Oh, well, I don't remember it, but let me uh, try it, Chico. Uh, hey, uh, why do you pile a homo? That's good. Hey! Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> He's just invented another character for his yes. Matt Rawlings, I hope you get my old boss, songwriter Jer- uh, Mike Stoller. Mike Stoller on the show. Well, we'd love to have Mike Stoller. Lots of stories about Elvis and the Colonel and Jerry Lieber. Uh, Jerry Lieber. Hanging up on the Rolling Stones, Lieber and Stoller. We would love to have him put us in touch, Matt. He is a genuine legend. Uh, we love songwriters on this show, as, as we have said. Uh, Ira, uh, let's see here. Jay Feldman, I just finished uh, reading both Cliff Nesteroff's and Howard Storm's books, both funny books. They overlap wonderfully. I heard you comment about several great comics who were simply uh, SOBs. <laughs> I guess he's referring to Danny Kay and Joey Bishop. Likewise, there were a number who could be counted on as mentions, too many to list. My question is this. Do you think the SOBs uh, might have been so uh, or had difficult personalities due to their having been uh, pathologically insecure? Oh, I'm sure. Of course. Insecurity and comedy? Yeah. (laughs) No. What are you speaking of, sir? Uh, Yes. I mean, uh, we are not qualified here. We are not doctors. Gilbert has played one. Yeah, yes. <laughs> he has played Dr. Spleen. And I played Spleen. a dentist at least twice. Yes, but we are we are not qualified to uh, to do psychological uh, assessments of of uh, of these difficult personalities. Uh, Zoran Samarja. There's a name. Uh, that's like uh, the Bride of Dracula. Zoran yeah. <laughs> Zamargia. Does Gilbert know the lyrics to the theme song of My Mother the Car? Oh, I Do you know, don't. Do you know that one? Would you settle for Car 54 instead, Zoran? Because Gilbert can do that one. There's a holdup in the Bronx. Brooklyn's broken out in fights. There's, There's a, a traffic, traffic jam, jam in Harlem, Harlem that's backed up, up to Jackson, Jackson Heights. Heights. There's a scout troop show the child. Khrushchev's doing it a while. Scar 54, where are you? There you go. The, the mother, my mother, the car, I, I could do a little bit from memory, but I, but I have gaps. It's something like we all come back sooner or later. It's a reincarnation theme. Do you know this? To a yeah, pussy cat I mean, or a man-eating it. alligator. Oh, uh, the alligator one sounds like yeah. vaguely. My mother, my mother dear, decided she'd come back as a car. She's my very own guiding star. You remember this? A 1928 yeah. Porter. Oh, okay. That's my mother dear. Something like that. And and speaking of Joey Ross. Yes. Uh, uh, oh, um... Wait, wait, wait a minute. Oh, oh, I had the song in my head. Fuck this. Um, it's, it's about, about time. time. It's about space. About two guys in the craziest place. That's it. 
<laughs> By the way, Alan Burns, the writer Alan Burns, who just left us not long ago, who would have been a great podcast guest, created My Mother the Car. So there you go. Uh, uh, Andrew McCallum, my son and I have watched several old monster movies, Godzilla and It's a Mad, Mad World. He is often put off by movies not being in color, though. I'm looking for old flicks to share with the boy. What movies does Gil enjoy sharing with his kids? Well, you've turned uh, Max on to, we've talked about it, all the universal horror stuff. Yeah, like when when he was like one, I would say to him, you know, uh, who played Frankenstein? He'd go, Boris Karloff and Lon Chaney Jr., so yeah, I I've turned them on to. I wish there was some more, but uh, you know they they know who the Marx Brothers are. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think they're familiar with their pictures. That Do they have an objection to black and white movies, your kids? Uh, I don't think so. But it is so weird. It's like, oh, this is getting back to that thing about like the guys who the old '90s movies. Whenever, like, on TV, they'll do a show like, uh, you know, a salute to old television. And they'll have, like, uh, you know, uh, Will and Grace as an ancient TV show. I don't understand that. And, yeah. and nothing, zero in black and white. They will not have black and white old TV shows. I don't understand it. It's weird. Uh, Blaze Piffington. There's a name for you. Uh, yes. Blaze Piffington. He says his real name is Brian Pinzon. Pinzone. I am unsure if anyone asked this. Uh, has there ever been an episode that has been recorded? Yes, but for some extreme or crazy reason could not be aired. Uh, the one Raybone lost doesn't count. No, that wasn't Paul. That was that was, <laughs> that was Verderosa, but he didn't lose it either. Yes. <laughs> well, a couple of episodes didn't air. Because of people who were in questionable health. Yes. And the Irwin Corey episode we've talked about. And one episode we had to completely redo with that guest because the first one was too dirty. Uh, yes. <laughs> and and the funny thing is, is the first one, I mean, the second one when he came back, it was great. Uh, but the first one was very funny, but uh, he was afraid he was doing like uh uh, industry. Well, like you know, uh, he was a spokesman for a yes. big corporation. Yes, we won't and, give away uh, who it is. And and, uh, and I and I know how big corporations don't always have a great sense of humor. <laughs> I've had some experience in that area. <laughs> a little. <laughs> TKD Sandberg. I seem to recall Frank once mentioned he knew Harlan Ellison, a legendary writer with a cantankerous rep, uh, cantankerous reputation that's not easy to say i always love watching him uh what else can uh he always seemed to speak from the heart what was the what was he like and do you have any stories about him i don't have a lot of stories i didn't know harlan well i spent two famous days with him uh i i, I knew him i met him through uh, len ween the late great uh, com uh, uh comic book writer and creator um of wolverine and other wonderful characters harlan took a shine to me he liked me and i was lucky uh, and, and I made him laugh, which was a great honor. I spent a Thanksgiving with him. I had a couple of phone conversations with him. I didn't get to know him well. He, a little bit, uh, enough to be thrilled by it. And he would have been a terrific guest on this show. Yeah. Um, uh, Bob Silva, uh, Aloha Boys and Dara. Uh, do you remember the first movie you ever saw in a theater? I think we've covered this before. Yeah. 
I think mine, speaking of John Davidson, I think mine was a Disney movie called The Happiest Millionaire. Oh. With I yeah. think I think Leslie Ann Warren comes to mind. I I don't rem- I remember really early pictures that I saw, but I can't <clears throat> I I think well, I know I saw I don't think it was the first movie. I know I saw the incredible Mr. Limpet. Well, that's, yeah, that's what, 60, 65, 66, 67? And I may have seen... You had to see a movie before then. And and I may have seen one of those horrible uh, Bob Hope movies. Oh, that's right. We talked about that. Was it, was it, uh, was it... Bachelor uh, in Paradise. Cancel my reservation. Yeah, (laughs) one of those horrible... Boy, did I get a wrong number. Uh, yeah, like one of those movies, like, even when you're two years old watching it, you go, what the fuck is this? <laughs> Don Simon wants to know if e- these are great questions, by the way. We have to thank everybody for these as we wrap up and wind down. If each of you could have lived a life of one of your podcast guests, who would that have been and why? Uh, I-, I know mine would be Jimmy Webb because my dream in life is to be a songwriter. So I have songwriter envy. It would be Paul Williams or Jimmy Webb or the Holland Brothers. Gil? Oh. Anybody you would want to be? I can't think of any. Yeah? See, it's like, you know how these people say, oh, wouldn't it be great to live uh, back then? Yes. And I think, no, no, I I like the comforts I have now. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) We We only live in the past figuratively yes yes i yeah i still want hot and cold running water i get it adam palmer of all the guests you've had on the podcast uh who do you think has the most overall knowledge of tv music and film like you guys well so many people yeah he says rupert holmes is the guest that amazes me the most rupert is amazing in addition to being a polymath he's a he and knows and everything. of course, uh, Robert Osborne. We Robert have. Osborne, Ben Mankiewicz, uh, 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 Cliff, uh, Drew Friedman, Scott and Larry, so many. Leonard and Malton yes. knows everything. Oh, yeah. So, so many of our guests uh, would fall into the category. Um, I forgot to add, Don Simon adds at the end of his question, uh, I want to thank you guys and all associated with the podcast for keeping the great work of so many people alive many years later. Um You've not only reminded me of so many things I thought I forgot, but introduced me to so much more in the words of Gilbert. Oh, thank you. <laughs> oh, oh, Mikhail. <laughs> thank you, Don. <laughs> we love hearing that. Ray Garton, G-A-R-T-O-N. We hear from Ray a lot. Uh, you have in your future uh, an indefinite stay on a deserted island, Gilbert. Take along one entire run of one 1960s TV series. What are you taking along with you? Oh, oh well, I, you know, I, I guess uh, Car 54. Would You're going to take one. Car 54? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to take The Twilight Zone. Oh, excellent. Excellent. Which, I, which yeah. I believe crosses over from the 50s, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but uh, there you go. On that one, let me and see. And we what had else. Uh, Rod Serling's daughter on this show. We that did. was a great episode. I would take the tw- I would take the uh, I would take the Twilight Zone um, uh, or Flipper, one of those two. <laughs> <laughs> would Would you take Night Gallery? I, I would take Night Gallery. <laughs> yeah. Also, not the sixties. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I'm going to get to one or two more. 
as we run out of time and Gilbert has a party to attend because he's that popular. Yeah, I'm. I live a celebrity life. Yes. Yes. My let's see. Uh, my son and I have watched the old Universal movies, monster movies. This is from Andrew McCallum. Uh, oh no, I already did that one. Uh, Moises Tavera. I have a six-year-old, and I've slowly started introducing him to the Universal films, like uh, he enjoyed Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. Until the Wolfman started chasing them, and then he got scared. I also bought <laughs> Pete Von Schale's History of Monsters pullout book. Yes, we'll shout out Pete, a great book. Uh, my question is, what would you recommend as a kid-friendly horror movie? Ooh. Aside from The Nightmare Before Christmas. Well, you know, I've been in Costello, certainly, but he got yeah. scared by that. Yeah, yeah. Maybe oh. Mad Monster Party. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's an odd one. Now, that was Karloff and also Phil Stiller, I think, was in that. Uh, that sounds right. Yes, I believe that's right. Uh, let me see. I'm winding down. Mm, 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 mm. Mark Schatzberg, did uh, Gilbert ask Harvey Miller for any great odd couple stories when he was shooting Bad Medicine? No, I, I should have, but I never did. That That's one I kick myself about, and he would have been... A great podcast guest. He oh, died he... before we were on, but yeah. he would have been a great podcast guest. Yeah, he was a he was a wonderful character. Ha, let's wind up with this one. And and again, we will thank everybody for these wonderful, wonderful questions. Harold Steenworth, Gilbert and Frank, I would like you to both view on YouTube a short interview of uh, the Grateful Dead's Jerry Garcia called The Movie That Changed My Life. He talks about the first time he saw Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein when he was six. And how he came to love monster movies, Bud and Lou, the makeup artists. And the movie even inspired him to attend art school. He actually sounds like he has both of you guys combined in his personality and makes a great case for why monster movies and comedies uh, touch us uh, just like a roller, coaster, a roller coaster scares the hell out of us. And then we can't stop laughing. Take a look at it. Thank you, Gilbert and Frank, for keeping us monster kids on this roller coaster of both scary movies and side-splitting laughter. That's nice. Yeah, that is. That's a nice Oh, one. thank you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a little shout out to Gino. Okay, I lied. I'm going to throw one more in. Let me find a good one. Um, uh, Pete Nelson, maybe this has come up on the podcast, but how long have you guys known each other and how did you meet? Gilbert, was it was it his kids or jury duty? <laughs> Or I think we were in the army. Well, the army. Together. I think, yeah. well, that was Felix and Oscar. Uh, or I was like, uh, I I was like a uh, in the. Uh, it, it was it was during Prohibition. Yeah. And I was Blinky. He was Blinky Godfrey. <laughs> and I was uh, I was an an, opth uh, an ophthalmologist. Yes. An, an optometrist. <laughs> Doctor Santo Padre, we met. Uh, we met many times over the years. Yes, and, and each time I well, well, that's the funniest part of it. It's like after uh, I'd been on like uh, oh, the Rich Jenny had a show for a while. Caroline's Comedy Hour, yeah, and, as a writer and, on that show. Yeah, and a couple of other things like that that you Joy Behar show. And then I'm walking down the street in L.A. and a 100 percent total stranger. 
<laughs> of course, because at that point we'd only met five times. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And you said I'm going to an autograph convention, and I thought, oh shit, I definitely want to go there, and and you know, it. You know, you could have been a child monster, for all I know, <laughs> riding around in your van. But why would I be? But why would I have stopped for you if yes. that was the case? <laughs> well, it was a really slow oh, day. Yeah. Unless you yeah. were dressed like Stinky in a little Lord Fauntleroy <laughs> costume. Yes, that's that's that's. I will say, uh, thank heaven for Dara. Well, or Dara's parents. We should. This show, we owe we owe a debt of thanks for to Dara's parents for raising her properly, so that she learned my name. Yes, <laughs> she had actual social skills and learned who I was, and that's how I, Gilbert and I came to create this show. I start think this in show the together. first twenty shows, yeah, I totally mispronounced. Yeah, your name. it's fine. It, it it makes them co- little collectors' items. Yes, <laughs> like a like a baseball card with a typo on it. Ah, uh, yes, yes. <laughs> so this is a, we'll wrap this up. We will thank all the Patreon people who who generously support this show. This was a nice short show for summer, Gil. Yes, a nice easy one. Uh, so people can go listen to this, go outside and enjoy the sunshine. They don't have to be trapped in the house. We want to thank all our Patreon supporters, but especially the people who uh, who went to the trouble of giving us questions. Anybody can support this show. It's a labor of love, and and your love and your support keeps us going. So please join us. There are merch discounts. There's bonus content, bonus episodes, behind-the-scenes videos, uh, autographed pictures. You can get all kinds of goodies at patreon.com slash what? Gilbert Gottfried. That is correct. What are you going to do with the rest of your day? I hear Dara's dragging you to a barbecue. Ah, uh, yes, it sounds exciting. More pe- this, the, you'll be approached by two people who are nostalgic for the 2010s. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, everybody on Patreon, and thank you, Gino and Josh Chambers and Michelle Mantinen. And uh, and uh, Greg Pear and Dino Preserpio and John Seals and everybody and 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 Jack Vaughn and Aristotle Acevedo and and Land Romo and everybody who helps make this show. Uh, as I always like to say, it takes a village. And thank you to all our patrons, patrons, Patreon patrons from the bottom <laughs> of our heart. Did you want to add anything? I know. Did you want? Did, do you want to? You, do you want to sing the, the Car Fifty Four theme again? <laughs> there's a holdup in the Bronx Brooklyn's broken mountain fights There's a traffic jam in Harlem That's backed up to Jackson Heights There's a scout troop short a child Cruise ships doing Idle Wild Car 54 Where are you? Beautiful <laughs> I thank you Gilbert I thank you for everything you are <laughs> and the gift that is you. <laughs> go enjoy go enjoy your day in the sun. Oh god. We'll see you guys next week. Okay, next week everyone. Bye-bye. <clears throat> Done. Yeah. Like uh what his name said, that'll hold those little bastards. Bastards. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you should have thrown that in. Yeah. <laughs> Uncle Don. Yes, yes. (laughs) 
Everybody knows in the second life we all come back sooner or later. Is anything from a pussy cat to a man-eating alligator? Well, you may think my story is more fiction than it's fact. But believe it or not, my mother dear decided she'd come back as a car. She's my very own guiding star. A 1928 Porter, that's my mother dear. She helps me do everything I do, and I'm so glad she's here. Everything my daddy never was Well, now she wants me to be She's taken her place At the fifth member of my small family And she'll blow her radiator When things ain't going right And whenever she gets too lonely We just all gotta spend the night With my car She's my very own guiding star I mean a 1928 Porter, that's my mother dear She helps me do everything I do And I'm so glad she's here, my mother the car Oh, my mother the car My mother the car My mother the car I was wondering, do you think we could chip in and get an XK-150?